Welcome to Flint Co. Forward, our ecosystem of innovation. We have an exciting announcement as Flint Co. is working with our client, the Texas Facilities Commission, to produce a multi-part podcast series discussing the redevelopment of the Capitol Complex in Austin, Texas. It is with Texas history in mind and an eye on the future that the Texas Facilities Commission has embarked on a once-in-a-generation undertaking, the complete transformation of the Capitol Complex, blending state government with a pedestrian-friendly mall in the heart of Austin, Texas. Hello and welcome to part two of a special podcast series where we're taking a look at the master plan of the Texas Capitol Complex. If you missed part one with John Raff of the Texas Facilities Commission, please make sure to go back and check that one out as well. And during that interview, John broke down the different phases for the Texas Capitol Complex project. And joining me today on the podcast are three architects from PAGE who are involved in the master plan and the implementation of phase one of the project, which is currently under construction. So let me welcome to the podcast now, Larry Speck. He's a senior principal at PAGE. Larry, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks. Good to see you. Absolutely. And we also have Paul Bilimovich. He is a principal and senior project manager at Page. Paul, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Absolutely. And last but not least, we have Ryan Loesch. He's a senior associate of urban designer at Page. Ryan, thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. Thanks. Absolutely. Well, guys, welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you on today and really excited to talk about this project. So uh, from your perspective, what are the primary goals for the 2016 Texas Capitol Complex Master Plan project? The Master Plan was really looking to be a transformative vision for what is really a large district within the center of Austin. Um, First and foremost was to really create a destination for Texas that celebrates the state uh, and the state capitol beyond just the Capitol grounds. Um, and then also to use uh, you know, the state resources to house state employees in state office space, creating more opportunities for that within the Capitol complex. And then beyond that, to really kind of create civic spaces that are well-defined, that can be used for a variety of events, uh, civic, public uh, events that will bring together folks from, from all around the state and beyond. And then lastly, to really create this district that connects to the rest of the city around it, that stitches Mm -hmm. together the streetscapes, uh, creates gateways, and becomes really a vibrant part of the city at large. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as you're talking about that, it strikes me that the project really has that the goal of benefiting, you know, two separate parties, uh, but but all kind of under one umbrella of this goal of the project. And that's the public and, and then also state agencies, like you mentioned. So let's start off by talking about how the project benefits the public. What ways do you see that happening um, just with the, the overall master plan? Uh, so this is Larry. I'll, I'll take a shot at that. You know, these days, uh, most cities are looking at improving their public spaces, making places where people can come together, where events can happen, uh, places where there's there's a sense of us as a community. Who are we as a community? Uh, not just individual corporations or homes or things like that. And, uh, you know, the state of Texas has done a good job right around the Capitol building. Uh, but the immediate environment around that to the north has always been a little no man's land. And the idea of the Texas Mall, this big, grand green space that goes north of the Capitol building on the axis of the Capitol building uh, and can become a great public space. Uh, it's a place where you can have events like the Texas Book Festival or uh, the kickoff to Capitol 10,000 or you know, any number of civic kinds of events. 
It's also a place where families can bring their kids and the Bullock Museum, Texas State History Museum is there. Uh, there are other museums in the district. There will be a new cultural venue as a part of this. A place where you can visit the Capitol building and you can get a sense of a larger uh, civic space, uh, similar to maybe what we see in the mall in Washington, D.C. Uh, so it was really a contribution of the state of Texas to the citizens of the state of Texas to make a great public space where they can uh, get a sense of what the state is and what the history of the state is and, and uh, you know, have a sense that this is, a, this is an important place. Yeah, I love the way you answered that question, Larry, because I think an important aspect of this project um, is that is that it does benefit the public in that way that it gives the opportunity for storytelling and celebrating Texas culture and, and the history of this state. And so well, from y'all's perspective, what does that look like practically when a project with this size and scope comes together? How, how do you keep that as one of the primary goals? One of the things we're after is giving some longevity to that storytelling uh, it would have been terrible if in 1880s, when they built the Capitol building and built the grounds around it, they completely filled it up with that storytelling of what is Texas in the 1880s. I will tell you that in that being just post reconstruction, probably if they had done that, we'd be ripping all that stuff out <laughs> at this point. But right. uh, in fact, we need to give a possibility for generations of Texas leadership to make decisions about how we continue to tell an evolving story of Texas. And that's worked pretty well on the Capitol grounds. There are now dozens of memorials to different events and to different groups within the state. Uh, and they're really quite lovely. If you, if you spend a little time walking around the grounds there, it's great. But honestly, it's completely full. There is not, and then the, uh, the people who sort of manage that area have said, no, we have no more spots. So any group that comes to us, we just really don't have a place to, to talk about the evolving history of Texas. So the mall will be a place where that can continue to happen. And we identified multiple different spots where, as someone says, you know, this is an important aspect of Texas culture and our history. We need to have a commemoration uh, to that. Well, now we'll have spots to do that. And we'll have them going into the future so this can evolve over time. There will be some uh, things that go in initially, but honestly, it's more about providing a long-term venue for storytelling than it is about buttoning it all down and saying, yep, this is exactly the way it is for all times right now in 2020. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like the way you put that where history is able to continue to build and grow um, as, you know, as our state uh, ages and adds to that rich culture and adds to that rich history that that it has. And so I, I think that I, I really appreciate and enjoy that answer and that vision that you have for this project. So uh, let's discuss the other side of this, because uh, we also need to talk about the benefits for state agencies. So what benefits exist in this area as well? So this is Paul. I can jump in and talk about this a little bit. First and foremost, kind of one of the big drivers of the project is a very practical financial benefit to the state. And that's that the state has a lot of agencies that are in lease spaces. And by constructing these office buildings and having the state own and operate their own buildings, they're saving a lot of dollars in the long run uh, by avoiding those leases. So really this project is a huge investment in the state. Uh, so that's a huge financial benefit to the state in the long term. But then beyond that, our state agencies are still comprised of people and all of the employees that work for our state agencies. 
So these buildings go a long way towards creating very usable spaces for the state employees by creating beautiful daylit spaces that are highly functional spaces. We also wanted to make sure that there's a lot of amenity spaces to support the people working in our state agencies. So there's a lot of shared spaces with wellness spaces for fitness, bicycle parking and showers for uh, agent employees, as well as shared conferencing spaces. So really trying to make sure that we provide this broad range of amenity spaces to support our employees of our state agencies. And that's really important as our state looks at trying to attract talent. We want to make sure that we're able to get you know quality talent to our uh, for our state. And so having spaces that support that is very important. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great way of putting it. And just having those those amenities that are available that you know allow people to really feel that sense of comfort and to have this this meeting place as the you know there on the Capitol complex where people have those those types of places where, like you mentioned, there are you know, there's the ability to work out. There's there's bicycle parking. There are all these types of things that really does provide for people feeling comfortable and people enjoying being in that area. I think that's I think that's something that's that's really incredible and really great to to learn more about and to talk about. So one of the things is that this this project is is absolutely massive. You know, on the, on the previous podcast with John Raff, we we detailed just the the enormous size and scope of uh, of this master plan. So what have been some of the biggest challenges with this project so far, and how have you been able to overcome them? There's definitely been some huge logistical challenges uh, when you think about the project. You know, phase one comprises three blocks of Congress Avenue, and so there's three city blocks there of a road that we were excavating and that road had a lot of utilities in it. There's water lines and gas lines and sewer lines and things that all had to get rerouted. And so there was a a huge effort to reroute utilities so that we could actually do this project and excavate Congress Avenue to put the parking below grade, which is actually a huge benefit to this project, to put that parking below grade and free up the ground plane for pedestrians. Uh, It's a great vision, but the logistics of having to relocate all of those utilities was a huge effort. And on top of that, this is an older part of Austin where a lot of those utilities that were underground, it's aged. And and there's some uh, very old utilities that were not in great conditions and and not Mm -hmm. nearly to the size and scale that it needs to be to support the amount of development that's in the area at this point. So there was a lot of upgrading and increasing the size of utilities in that area. It was a huge undertaking. And there was a lot of coordination that has to happen, both between the state and the city of Austin, who maintains a lot of those utilities. So it took a lot of coordination between a lot of a lot of engineers, a lot of contractors, and a lot of officials from both the city of Austin and the state of Texas. But it's definitely gonna gonna be an effort that really helps to to support the state and make this a wonderful space. A couple of other challenges, uh, just the time that it takes to do this project. So when you think about when the funds were first uh, appropriated, this project has spanned you know, almost five years now. And across those five years, we've seen a lot of escalation in construction costs in the city of Austin. And so trying to make sure that we stay within budget uh, has been a challenge as well with the escalating costs in the city of Austin. Luckily, we do have a very talented team. We've got people watching the, the dollars on this and making sure that we, we do bring this project in under budget. Absolutely. So, Paul, just kind of as, a, as a way of following up on that question, how have you found that, that collaborative effort between you know, engineers and, and all the different people that have to play a role in this? How, how has that been so far? And how have you been uh, navigating all of the different collaboration that has to take place in order to keep a project like this on track and, and moving smoothly? That's a great question. And frankly, that actually leads to a lot of what Paige's role is on this. Uh, we're actually the master architect engineer for all of phase one. 
And our role is to make sure that the overall vision is carried through as the project has been broken up into six different packages. So I've heard the, the analogy of you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And so when you have a project that's almost $600 million, the project was broken down to make the scale of each piece of it a little bit more manageable. And so Paige's role is to make sure we're the common thread tying those six packages together. I think John Roth spoke about that different packaging strategy in his prior podcast. But as that common thread tying that all together, you know, with Paige being very involved in developing the, the goals and visions of the master plan, uh, we kind of bring that aspect to it to be able to work with the architects of record and the construction managers at risk to work with each one of those teams to make sure that we still keep that high level vision in focus. Uh, we've got a great team on all six of the packages, and I've just been really impressed by the quality, the dedication of the people working on the project. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I I want to I want to begin by wrapping up by asking you guys, just each each of you, this is this is such a monumental project and one that will extend you know generations uh, beyond us, um, and, and will allow for as Larry was explaining earlier that history to continue to grow and you know additions to be made to you know to this this complex. And so I think that that's a really Really incredible thing just to be in part of something that you know will leave such a rich legacy here in in this state and in the capital and so I want to ask each of you specifically you know what does it mean to each of you as an architect to be involved in a project like this that that does carry so much weight and carry so much meaning moving forward when I was starting out my career and even going back to when I was in college I've always kind of felt that an inherent part of an architect's work is service to the public that we kind of have to be the advocates for people who are not always at the table so whether we're designing a skyscraper or, a, or whether it's a house, it's still a building that fits within the fabric of our community. And so that's part of what we do is that's inherent to our work is that we provide a service to the public. So I've always felt that architecture was a service-oriented industry. I've been very fortunate in my career that it's taken me towards a role of managing large civic projects like the Capitol Complex. Uh, and I really love that those projects touch a great number of people. That really gives me a lot of pride in my work. And, and at Page. Uh, our brand promise is that we promise design that makes lives better. And to me, this is definitely a project that does that. So the goals and visions of the Capitol Complex, you know, including things with a tremendous civic gesture like the Texas Mall, it definitely demonstrates that focus towards the public. That, that was a great uh, response, Paul. That's hard to follow. This is Larry. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have had the opportunity uh, many times in my career to be involved in designing public spaces. Uh, we did the Town Life Comprehensive Plan way back in the 1980s that really was about consolidating Lady Bird Park and the hike and bike trail and all of those kinds of things into a kind of cohesive park space uh, around what was then Town Lake. Oh my gosh, I just it's so amazing and satisfying to see that now having come to fruition and people really uh, enjoying it and uh, and really it, it being a kind of living room for uh, the city of Austin. And we've had similar experiences uh, doing Discovery Green in Houston and Buffalo Bio Park in Houston and uh, these really wonderful public spaces. The Texas Mall is just a another of those dream projects uh, where it's going to be a place where thousands and thousands of people uh, interact with each other and interact with the space and uh, it'll be a very special place, a place people make a destination. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come and see this. So, 
that's just incredibly satisfying. I think the real jolt that I get out of it is seeing people use these places and enjoy it. It just doesn't get any better than that as an architect. Larry and Paul really hit a lot of the points that that I would make. And, you know, I focus my career predominantly on urban design. So I'm working frequently on these large scale projects that, you know, take years to implement. Some of them we're looking at 20 year visions that those of us who work on it won't necessarily be around to see it. And I think, you know, as we look at the capital complex at large, it is a long term vision for the the whole complex, but being able to to see it from its kind of infancy of we need to create a master plan for the complex to seeing phase one come to fruition, you know, in a couple of years time from now is, is such a rewarding experience to get to see that breadth of the project. Uh, you know, by the time phase one works on it, we'll be working on it for uh, from master plan to phase one for almost a decade. Uh, and to be part of that whole kind of continuum and then, you know, to Larry's point, to then be able to live in the city and see folks experience that space, to see the extent of the capital kind of expand out from just that immediate area of the capital grounds to something that is more usable to the state employees, to the citizens of the city, and then to you know, the visitors to understand this complex beyond just the building of the great building of the Capitol is such a tremendous opportunity to be a part of that throughout. Absolutely. Well, I, I know that this is a, a project that um, has to be just extremely rewarding for uh, for the three of you, just as uh, as you know that what you're working on is, is going to be something that endures, you know, many generations into the future and uh, will leave a legacy in the state of Texas. And uh, just being a part of something like that must be incredibly rewarding. And so uh, it's been a pleasure getting a chance to talk to you guys about this project today. Larry Speck, Paul Bilimovich, and Ryan Loesch from Page. Thank you guys uh, so much for joining me here on the podcast. Right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for checking out this uh, special episode of the podcast. We appreciate you uh, listening along in this series. Of course, we'll be back soon with more podcasts. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Flintco Forward. And remember, this is a special series, so we'll be back next month with our next episode. But until then, make sure you subscribe to Flintco Forward on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to stay up to date with the latest from Flintco.